Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Ward. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. Kaylee and I are doing something a little different this week because we were both so busy with work and life and things happening in general that we decided to do our own version of a quilt episode. So if you haven't experienced a quilt episode before, I mean, in other podcasts that we're familiar with, like My Favorite Murder, you'll hear them pull together clips from other episodes and make a new episode. Well, we didn't feel like we should pull from other episodes. We just felt like Kaylee could record her pieces, I could record my pieces, and we could kind of weave them together into something new and something different. So if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And really, I'll be the one paying the price because I'll be the one editing this. However, I feel like this is going to be a fun experiment for us. So yeah, thanks for joining us on this journey. Today, we are talking about singles because who else are we going to talk about on a podcast for singles? This is the first time this season that we have talked about dating and we've talked about being single in the church. And that's something that we tried to really highlight in our first season. And we we kind of strayed away from it this season. But we are getting back into it and we are going to talk about being single in the church. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about being single dating in the church, and like the vibes and the feelings that you get when you're an older single adult dating in the church versus when you're a younger single adult dating in the church. But to get us started this week, we are doing an episode that is completely dedicated to single adults in the church. You could be a young single adult, you could be a mid-single, an older single, you could be never married, divorced, widowed, what have you. This episode is completely for you. And in order to give you the true shout out that you need, we needed the help of some fantastic resources, which are the talks by Elder Garrett W. Gong and President M. Russell Ballard from the April 2021 General Conference. We've highlighted before how we want to speak more about Elder Gong's talk from April 2021's General Conference. And so we'll be talking about that today, as well as some other great material. So... Let's jump right in. So starting off with Elder Garrett W. Gong, he shared the talk room at the inn in the April 2021 General Conference. I loved this talk, like I said, for a myriad of reasons. And I think it's very important that we do highlight that we are constantly making room in the church, not just for ourselves, but for those around us. He says, Jesus Christ invites us to become, like him, a good Samaritan to make his inn, his church, a refuge for all from life's bruises and storms. We prepare for his promised second coming as each day we do unto the least of these as we would do unto him. The least of these is each of us. So when we think about room in the end, it needs to imply that there is a door leading to a space that is open for all. It is a safe space where we are welcomed in friendship and love. There are opportunities for us there where we can thrive and where we can grow. It is not meant to be a space where we are unwelcomed, where we feel left out, where we feel ignored. 
And Elder Gong reminds us that we are to come to the end as we are, that we may come injured and without anything to share or provide with others. We can come when we are weak, when we are struggling, and when we are in pain. And no matter what, we are still welcome. I feel like this parable is something that is looked at a lot, but also overlooked in the church. Because we do look at the Good Samaritan, and we always focus on it in terms of service, and in terms of, are you turning to that one person who is left aside and stranded and ignored and beaten, and how are you helping them? Sometimes we forget that people in the margins, like people of color, our LGBTQ plus siblings in the church, our disabled siblings in the church, and even our single siblings in the church are on the margins and feel like they are ignored, like they're cast aside, like they are not important. And hearing Elder Gong mention that we are preparing for the Lord's second coming every day as we do unto the least of these as we would unto him, and that the least of these symbolizes every single one of us in the church. And I just think that that was such a powerful way for him to kind of open his talk and to really push that notion forward that we need to be helping everyone in the church come unto Christ. And it shouldn't just be the core focus of married people with kids and families. It should be every single person needs that extra assistance and that extra push and that service getting to the Savior and being prepared for the second coming. I think a lot of the struggles that we go through, including like our faith crises, are because we're seeing these disconnects in the scriptures and within the church. We see things that are not making sense to us. There are contradictions and there's confusing interpretations. But what we can do, what Elder Gong is saying here, is that we can't be turning to all these people for all the answers. Like, yes, our church leaders are here to help us and we're here to help each other, but we need to be turning to him. We need to be turning to Jesus Christ and our heavenly parents to find that clarity to our questions. And even if we don't find all the answers right away, we can at least find guidance and a better direction for us as we seek to move ahead. Elder Gong says he trusts us to help make the end the place that he needs it to be. As we offer our talents and best efforts, his spiritual gifts also strengthen and bless. So the end isn't already perfect. It's it's what it's supposed to be, but we need to be doing our part to make it more of what it's meant to be. The church is not going to just be perfect and it's not going to have all the right things all the time. We can see that through the history and through everything that we've shared in the church history, just in our podcast. There's so much that has happened through the the short history of our church that we are still struggling to understand and comprehend to make sure that we are all going in the right direction. And that is something that we will continuously have to be doing. It is us taking one step at a time to gauge where we are and say, is this the right path? Is this the right direction? Are we filling this in with everything that is supposed to be in here? And as we do so, as we put in our best efforts, Jesus Christ is also going to be helping us along the way. And then moving into the more specific topics here, he says, as disciples of Jesus Christ, all are equal with no second class groups. So we need to continue to ensure that this is represented within the church. 
Okay, so continuing on with Elder Gong's point here is here's where he says the statement Over the past 40 years, church members have become increasingly international. Since 1998, more church members have lived outside than inside the United States and Canada. By 2025, four years from now, guys, by 2025, we anticipate as many church members may live in Latin America as in the United States and Canada. The gathering of Father Lehi's faithful descendants is fulfilling prophecy. Faithful saints, including in the Pioneer Corridor, remain a reservoir of devotion and service for the worldwide church. He goes on to say, also the majority of adult church members are now unmarried, widowed, or divorced. This is a significant change. It includes more than half our early society sisters and more than half our adult priesthood brothers. This demographic pattern has been the case in the worldwide church since 1992 and in the church in the United States and Canada since 2019. I love that quote that he shared. I think it's incredible to have that be highlighted in conference. I remember hearing that in conference and needing to like pause it and be like, did he just say that single people are the majority in the church? It blew my mind. For so many years, I know as a single adult, I have felt like I was less than or like the singles word was like a leper colony. And you see in like the corny singles word movies by Will Swenson and all of those other crazy people that the singles ward is treated like leper colonies. They made a joke that you stay married so you don't have to go to the singles ward again. And I mean, honestly, at this point, I don't blame them for thinking that because I don't ever want to go back to a singles ward. But I think it's just incredible that single people are the majority in the church. And it doesn't matter to the Lord whether or not you are married. It matters that you are faithful that you are honoring your covenants that you have made to this point and that you are trying to make more covenants with him. I love that so much. It's still jarring to me to realize this because we focus so much on marriage. The biggest dissonance that I personally deal with is that of being an unmarried woman in the church. Like, I'm going to be 30 soon. Tracy's already 30. And everyone keeps expecting me to get married like as soon as possible. Like, I was supposed to be married when I was 19 kind of thing. And this is all crazy talk. There's so many claims that's saying, hey, I need to have a family, that I can only access the priesthood when I have a family, that I will only become who I'm meant to be when I have a family, that I am not whole unless I have made a family of my own. Those are hurtful words. They are saying that I am not enough to be who I am. It's saying that I can't go to Christ because I am not whole, that I just don't fit into the mold of the church. This hurts me and others, so many others, emotionally and mentally, by saying that we're just not enough for the church of our heavenly parents. That's nonsense. We all have plenty to offer. Elder Gong, by speaking up that about us being single adults, about us having the majority within the church, is saying, "Hey, we need to start con- changing this conversation to address more things of what we of what everyone is capable of doing, of what we are capable of bringing to the table, and of how we're going to be living our lives." Because there's going to be so much that is being done that's not focused on marriage within the church. Like we're highlighting Elder Gong's talk because it is so rare for speakers to to talk about being single not just in and not just in saying hey single people get married right now elder gong here is saying hey 
the majority of these people are single and we need to acknowledge that and we need to start seeing how that affects us down the line because it's affecting all of these people. It is affecting the majority of the people of the church and they're going to want some change. They're going to want that representation so that they have their voices heard and understood. And that's like where I felt frustrated before as well, because I didn't realize that there were so many of us. And while it does bring some comfort in knowing that I'm definitely not alone, that I have Tracy and other friends to say, hey, I'm single and that's okay. Like, I love that. And I need that in my life. And we all need that. But what we also need is to have that representation seen within our wards as well, not just in finding other singles, but in having leadership acknowledge this and comprehend it, comprehend what this means for us. So by having talks repeatedly saying, hey, get married, get married, get married, that's not going to be effective. It's clearly not been effective through the years, you guys. Like we've always been teaching that. And now like those numbers have not drastically changed or anything. We need to be considering what we're saying, what effect it's having, and whether or not it's really beneficial. So yes, like it's part of the temple strategy and our faith that, yeah, marriage is very important because families are important, but there are other ways to have families. And we need to consider that we're still very valuable and we're still worthy without having that marriage. I also love this quote where he says, Disciples of Jesus Christ come from everywhere, in every shape, size, hue, and age each with talents, righteous desires, and immense capacities to bless and serve. We seek daily to follow Jesus Christ with faith unto repentance and enduring joy. I love that quote so much because I know from my experience in the church, I have definitely felt like people underestimated what I could do because I was young, because I was single, because I was in college or any of those other reasons. But the fact of the matter is that it does not matter who you are. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ. The Savior perfectly exemplified that in the way that he picked his apostles when he was on the earth. Many of them were fishermen. There was, I think we had said that one person was a doctor and one person was of the legal profession. But for the most part, everyone was like a fisherman or a tradesman of some sort meaning that they came from humble, humble backgrounds. And the Lord made marvelous things happen with them. And that just proves even further that it doesn't matter what your background was. It doesn't matter where you come from, where you've been, what you've been through. None of that matters to the Savior. The Lord qualifies those that he calls and he will amplify you and make you capable and powerful in doing his work. And I think hearing that come from Elder Gong's talk as he's talking about being single in the church and how singles matter and that they can do so much more than they are being given credit for just amplifies that even further. To all of you other singles who are listening to this right now, know that you are important. The work that you do in the church and out of the church as a member, as a covenant maker, and as a covenant keeper matters to the Lord, and it matters to the people around you. And I think it's also important to highlight Elder Gong's words, our standing before the Lord and in his church is not a matter of our marital status, but of our becoming faithful and valiant disciples of Jesus Christ. Adults want to be seen as adults and to be responsible and contribute as adults. There's so much 
growth that we are seeking as members of this church. We, as faithful people following Jesus Christ, it's our job, it's our duty, it's our responsibility to continue to learn, to advocate for ourselves, to speak up, and to continue growing. And we need these opportunities to be able to do that. Asking us to just focus on marriage or anything is not going to, it's not going to be what helps us get to heaven. All right. During this life, we sometimes wait upon the Lord. Elder Gong says, we may not yet be where we hope and wish to be in the future. A devout sister says, waiting faithfully upon the Lord for his blessings is a holy position. It must not be met with pity, patronizing, or judgment, but instead with sacred honor. So I really love this. And then he goes on to say, in the meantime, we live now, not waiting for life to begin. Isaiah promises, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. I I love this because I have issues with the whole concept of waiting and everything. I don't like waiting around. It's not fun. You know, I've lived in Florida. Like I've done all those long lines for the parks. And to think that I've got to wait in line waiting for uh, to marry someone or anything like that it just doesn't make any sense to me. So we need to be understanding that, yes, we do wait upon the Lord and we're not going to, and it does not mean just standing there in a line. Waiting for the Lord doesn't mean we just stand there. We are supposed to work in accordance with the Lord. We're like, kind of like parallel. So while he waits to see fit when something is going to happen and how he might receive something or learn something, we're still supposed to be moving along at that same time. The Lord is never just going to, he isn't just still, he's not just doing nothing. He's always doing something. And so we need to be doing something as well. So waiting is very important and we shouldn't rush things, but it doesn't mean that we just sit around doing nothing. We need to continuously be working and bettering ourselves and the world around us so that as we wait and when the things come our way, then we are properly prepared. So overall, Elder Gong's talk was really great. And I like how he has started the conversation so that we can start understanding and comprehending the accessibility that we have within this church as single adults and start discussing what this means to us because we do need to have more doors that are open to us and more conversations about what this means. We need to be able to see as children that, yes, you can be single and that's okay. That's okay. Because growing up, I did not feel that way. And I know so many other people who don't or who haven't. And so we need to show children that and we need to show teens that and say, hey, you don't have to frantically date or anything. You can be who you're meant to be. And, you know, if you have to wait for relationships of any kind, then so be it. That is okay because the Lord, your heavenly parents are there for you and they will bestow blessings upon you when the time is right. And in the meantime, we have so much preparation to do. We have so much work to do. We have so much service to give and we are capable of so much. Single adults do belong in the room at the end within the church at all levels of the church. And we need to see it. We need to embrace it and we need to love it no matter our position. So now we're going to move on to the talk Hope in Christ by President M. Russell Ballard. Now this talk was easily my favorite talk of general conference. It really, really hit me hard and if I hadn't been listening to this talk with a room full of people, I probably would have been in tears the entire time. So President Ballard starts off his talk with a study from the Mayo Clinic where they share the importance of feelings of belonging. 
And he says, quote, the Mayo Clinic recently noted, having a sense of belonging is so important. Nearly every aspect of our lives is organized around belonging to something. This report adds, we cannot separate the importance of a sense of belonging from our physical and mental health, and I would add our spiritual health, end quote. What's powerful about this is like, I'm coming from an HR perspective again, talked about the HR perspective a lot, but belonging is becoming an increasingly more important aspect of jobs and employee value propositions. If you're like a business person and you want to attract and retain top talent, you need to make sure that you are fostering inclusive environments where people feel like they belong, where people feel like they matter. More importantly, that is becoming a key factor in the church that we are starting to see kind of blow up a lot. Like over conference, we know we heard a lot of messages and calls for unity and calls for people to come together under the banner of Christ and to try and bring everyone closer together and to make people feel welcome and like they belong. The way that we can do this, as explained by President Ballard, is through our identity as children of Heavenly Father and of a Heavenly Mother and spiritual siblings of Jesus Christ. Our spiritual identity is where we will find this sense of belonging in the church. I really love that because for some people, this is going to be very important to them. And for some people, it isn't. And that's going to be okay. Our spiritual identity is going to be enhanced by every part of who we are. Because this life was meant for us to experience what it is like to have a spirit within a body. It was our chance to have these two connected to be combined into this. And we'll be reunited with that again after our deaths. And I think that is a beautiful thing, but we're also not going to appreciate it very much if we do not um, understand ourselves on that spiritual identity. And I think this is a beautiful opportunity for us to figure out who we are um, inside and out. I absolutely love it. And I love how it's, it's discussed how this sense of spiritual and cultural identity, love, and belonging can inspire hope and love for Jesus Christ. And President Ballard said, I speak of hope in Christ not as well wishful thinking. Instead, I speak of hope as an expectation that will be realized. I love this so much. I'm going to say it again. I speak of hope in Christ not as wishful thinking. Instead, I speak of hope as an expectation that will be realized. Such hope is essential to overcoming adversity, fostering spiritual resilience and strength, and coming to know that we are loved by our eternal Father and that we are His children who belong to His family. When we have hope in Christ, we come to know that as we need to make and keep sacred covenants, our fondest desires and dreams can be fulfilled through Him. I just really loved all of this. It was really powerful to me. Um to consider how much of this world can still impact who we are and it helps us to become who we are meant to be even more. I know we love to preach about being in the world and not of the world, but that's the thing. Like we we do need to be taking those parts of the world to make them who we are. We get to to bring in the pieces that mean so much to us that have impacted us in this lifetime and help ourselves to become better on that spiritual level. And I really like that. The way President Ballard talks about having hope in Christ is just a perfect reminder that says, as long as we have something as simple as hope in Christ, then so many beautiful things can happen. We can receive blessings and we can have a better understanding of 
of the spiritual world of our relationship with our heavenly parents and help us to keep progressing in this life. So then President Ballard gets into the big stuff and talks about the importance of recognizing single adults, old and young, in the church. So President Ballard starts to say, quote, Brothers and sisters, more than half of adults in the church today are widowed, divorced, or not yet married. Some wonder about their opportunities and place in God's plan and in the church. We should understand that eternal life is not simply a question of current marital status, but of discipleship and being valiant in the testimony of Jesus Christ. The hope of all who are single is the same for all members of the Lord's restored church. Access to the grace of Christ through obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. End quote. So I'm obsessed with this talk. This talk was literally my favorite in conference because he really pushes the fact that your marital status does not determine your eternal status. Just because someone got married does not mean that they are getting a one-way ticket into the celestial kingdom. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast, that your covenants depend 100% on you. Your obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel, your willingness to follow the Lord, your willingness to repent, and your willingness to be a better person and to be a better disciple of Christ. If you are not willing to do those things, you do not have anything guaranteed in your life. And even if you are willing to do those things, nothing is guaranteed. You just have to continue to strive to become the person that the Lord wants you to be. President Ballard gives us five principles that we need to understand in order to hope to attain eternal life and become heirs to the celestial kingdom, essentially. So he says that first, scriptures and Latter-day Prophets confirm that everyone who is faithful in keeping gospel covenants will have the opportunity for exaltation. President Russell M. Nelson taught, in the Lord's own way and time, no blessing will be withheld from his faithful saints. The Lord will judge and reward each individual according to heartfelt desire as well as deed. So that's number one. Second, the precise time and manner in which the blessings of exaltation are bestowed have not all been revealed, but they are nonetheless assured. That doesn't mean that every blessing is deferred until the millennium. Some have already been received, and others will continue to be received until that day. I love that quote, because so often we talk in the church about things that are wrong in this life will just be made perfect and right in the next life. And that's not entirely the case. The Lord does not just say like, okay, you can have these little blessings now because you're being good, but all of the really big, wonderful, huge blessings of exaltation, you have to wait for until you die and you get to the other side. That is not the case at all. President Ballard is telling us that those blessings are being continuously bestowed to us. They could have already been bestowed to us. We could have received a lot of those huge, wonderful, over-the-top blessings that are promised to us in exaltation, or we could have others that are waiting for us up there, or we could have more that are going to continuously be given to us as we go throughout this life. And that is something that is wonderful to think about. We should never feel like we are abandoned as children of God here on this earth. 
we should always feel like we have an opportunity to not only become like the Savior, but to receive all that he has. And it could mean that we're getting everything that he has little by little through this life until we get to the end. And that's when we get the rest of it. And I just really like thinking about it that way. From what I gather from those is that he's saying we do not need to be married to be exalted. That the the right blessings for each of us will come at the right time, whether we acknowledge it or not. Um, And that's been something that I've been thinking about as well, because a marriage can be a blessing, right? But so can being single. So we just need to be using what we have been blessed with to like move on with our lives. Third, waiting upon the Lord implies continued obedience and spiritual progress toward him. Waiting upon the Lord does not imply biding one's time. You should never feel like you are in a waiting room. Waiting upon the Lord implies action. I have learned over the years that our hope in Christ increases when we serve others. Serving as Jesus served, we naturally increase our hope in Him. The contributions one can make now to help build up the church on earth and to gather Israel are much needed. Marital status has nothing to do with one's capacity to serve. The Lord honors those who serve and wait upon Him in patience and faith. And I just love hearing that again, because so often we think waiting on the Lord means you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs, looking at your watch, waiting for him to just drop blessings on you. But as we've discussed so often in the church, faith requires action. It requires you to do something. We don't know what's going to happen next, but if we have faith in the Lord If we trust him and we trust his plan and we trust his timing, that means that we are going to be able to take a step in the dark and hope that he gives us enough light to see just in front of us so we can take another step. And as we continue to take those steps, more things will be revealed, more things will be understood, and we'll get the things that we're looking for, the answers to the questions that we have, the blessings that we stand in such desperate need of, the strength to endure and to move forward and to do everything that the Lord needs us to do. When we try to serve as a way of our pushing forward in faith and going into the unknown, essentially, the Lord blesses us even further because we are trying to help someone else instead of focusing on our needs. Fourth, God offers eternal life to all of his children. He also says that we're going to be blessed even as children of our heavenly parents. So not being married does not mean that we are making a mistake or that we are bad people. And fifth, our confidence in these assurances is rooted in our faith in Jesus Christ, by whose grace all things pertaining to mortality are set right. All promised blessings are made possible through him, who, by his atonement, descended below all things and has overcome the world. I know we've talked about the atonement a lot this season, because our goal for the season is to really help invite all of you and ourselves to come closer to the Savior and to increase our knowledge, our testimony, and our love of the Savior. Everything in this life is made possible by the Savior and his atoning sacrifice. When we feel like we are unable to move forward, and when we feel like waiting on him to give us those promised blessings is more than we can bear, we need to remember in those times that it's through the Savior's atonement who, like President Ballard said, descended below all things and has overcome the world, makes it possible for us to do these things. If we rely on the Savior's atonement, and as we throw all of our fears, 
our pains, our anguish on him, if we let it all go to him, he will carry that burden for us and he will help us to get over the hard things in our lives. I can testify that I have experienced this in my own life. I know that the Savior is always there ready to take our pains and our griefs and our fears and our afflictions. He's waiting to catch them all. We just have to feel strong enough to let them go. Sometimes we're so wrapped up in our own grief and our pain and our afflictions that we don't know who we would be without them. The Savior is anxiously waiting for us to give that up so he can show us who will be without them. Ballard also invites us to stop creating that distinction between single adults and married people. This is something that I I would like to see more of. However, it is not so simple as just no longer addressing it. Um, it's like saying, if we don't talk about racism, then it will go away. That's not how it works. I don't mean to parallel the fact of being single is like, being a minority. I I do not mean that. I just mean that we can't not talk about something in the hopes that it will go away. We we don't need to keep emphasizing the separation between single adults and married adults. It's impossible to just snap your fingers and pretend something is no longer an issue. Hopefully we can continue to see such change within our general authorities and other similar figures and see it trickle through our stakes and wards as well. And to go with that, Ballard said, to you, sake presidents, bishops, and quorum and sister leaders, I ask you to consider every member of your sake, ward, quorum, or organization as a member who can contribute and serve in callings and participate in many ways. Each member in our quorums, organizations, wards, and sakes has God-given gifts and talents that can help build up his kingdom now. So I really like that. So Ballard right here is calling people out to say, hey, these people are important Everyone is important here. Like there are so many callings and participation opportunities for everyone involved in the church. That is very important. And I think that is, that is a step that needs to be taken and will hopefully guide us in the right direction as we go. All right. So president Ballard said, quote, let us call upon our members who are single to serve, lift and teach disregard old notions and ideas that have sometimes unintentionally contributed to their feelings of loneliness and that they do not belong or cannot serve, end quote. I love that. Single people can bring so much to the church. We bring so much color and life and energy and experience and knowledge of the gospel because we are the ones that are really having to live every single aspect on our own. I often think about the law of chastity as one of those examples. I remember getting that lesson in young women's and in youth Sunday school from my married leaders who talk about how wonderful it is to like finally have that spouse that you can share that magical moment with and blah, 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 all of that garbage. You all remember it. I don't need to go into details. However, I remember more importantly, having a law of chastity related discussion with an older single adult member of my branch who said, it's hard. It is hard to date, it's hard to be alone, and to live the law of chastity when you know 
There are so many people out there in the world who are not living the law of chastity and their lives are just seemingly perfect or seemingly happier. And they all said in those moments, they really have to think about what matters more to them. This moment of desire and the temptation or do their covenants in their relationship with the savior matter more and i got more out of that lesson that wasn't even a lesson about the law of chastity than i ever did in a youth sunday school or a young women's lesson i feel like when we have young single adults or single adults in general who are teaching these lessons about principles that Yes, married people understand these principles, but they, they don't have to live them as strictly as single adults have to live them now, and they don't have to live them on their own without the support of their loving spouse or their kids or anything else. I feel like we miss out on a lot. Single adult members can bring so much to the table, and you need to be relying on their opinions, their experiences, and their testimonies because single people are really going to take the church to the next level. I really believe that. We need to find a way to make sure that single adults are included in as many levels of the church as possible. Because right now, married people are the only ones really allowed for such roles as have been mentioned. Without single adults in those roles or in those meetings voicing the need for such change, then nothing will happen. It's like when men get together and say, hey, how can we change things for women? Like there was, I think it was like two or three years ago, I saw an article about this one conference of like these six men, like doctors, you know, PhDs and everything who were asked to talk on what more can be done to support women in the professional sphere. Would these men have valid ideas? Sure. But they're not women who are going to have firsthand experience in these situations. And so that needs to be better addressed. When you're wanting to know more about someone, you need to be asking that person. And so that goes the same for single adults. Now, granted, there is a strange situation because we've all been single at one point or another. So it's like, okay, yeah, I know like I've been single. I can speak for them then because of this. That's what I think a lot of people think in this kind of situation, but I don't believe that that's necessarily the case because, I mean, for me personally, the way my parents grew up in their generation is not the same way that I'm growing up in my generation. So their advice and their ideas for single adults are not going to be what I believe is best for people my age. So like for the men, you can't do the right thing without the women being in there in the meeting to address the problems and the questions. Just like we need now the single adults to be in those rooms speaking up as well to answer questions to come up and offer ideas that are going to be helpful. A few changes have started to come, such as not all men need to be married into what I think some of the bishopric roles are. Um, so that's a really good start. But we do need to continue to creating more leadership opportunities for single adults. Um, I was reading up how there's actually been a few situations where Women have been placed in the role of Sunday school presidencies because there's not technically a rule against them being in it, but very few people will do it. So just because it's not commonly done doesn't mean that you can't do it. So that's important to note. And as we consider bringing in more women into certain roles, we can continue to highlight opportunities and ways for single adults also to be involved. Ballard's talk to me really means that means two things for us that we need to continuously hope for change to come and start taking those steps to create that i think that is a beautiful opportunity and reminder for us to be taking on and it's not just for us singles to 
um, take up arms in this scenario, but for others to do so as well. We need these people to be advocating for us, to be giving us such opportunities of responsibility and the opportunities to speak up on these platforms. And hopefully with time, we will continue to see that. All right. One last thing that I wanted to talk about. So I am one of those people who really does not enjoy single adult firesides or face-to-face events. I don't know. I just feel weird. It's a thing. I don't know. It's an anxiety thing. Plus it's a like, please stop singling me out sort of thing. I'm just a strange person. However, on June 13th, 2021, Elder Neil L. Anderson, Sharon Eubank, and Jean B. Bingham hosted a single adult face-to-face event for singles 31 plus that was led entirely by singles. Now, I did not watch this live. I will be completely frank. I did not watch this as it was airing. I listened to it one day when I was going for a walk before work, and I continued to listen to it throughout the day because it was just so powerful for me. The music was provided by a cellist, a violinist, and a pianist who are all single adults, and the messages came from interviews that Sister Bingham, Sister Eubank, and Elder Anderson conducted over the last few months with nine single adults in Utah, Arizona, and Washington, D.C. about their focus on President Nelson's April 2021 conference message, Christ is Risen, Faith in Him Will Move Mountains. So these nine single adults were asked to take on President Nelson's challenge of developing their faith in Christ to intentionally increase their faith through prayer, scripture study, ordinances, and more in order to move the mountains in their lives, whether they were loneliness, doubt, illness, or other personal problems. What was really great about this broadcast was that each single adult was a different age came from a different walk of life, and had completely different stories to share. It was really impressive because there were people who had never been married, there were people who were divorced, there were people who were widowed, and it was really powerful to hear each of their stories that they shared because every single one of them was so relatable to what we all endure as single adults. And hearing it from a single adult is a thousand times better than hearing it from a married adult. If anyone wants to come for me after this episode, feel free. Like, DM me your hate messages. I don't care. It's okay. But hearing these problems from a single person and how they overcame those problems as a single person were so much more powerful than any fireside I've ever been to when a married person gives me those examples. Some of these single adults talked about the mountains in their lives being loneliness or feeling like their political views and their beliefs don't align with the church or feeling conflicted at church because of their political views or talking about how they were able to change because of the prophet's challenge. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a lot of fun. I hadn't watched it at first, um, not because, you know, I'm not old enough for it yet, but... I just hadn't gotten to it. And so I'm really glad that I did. And I really hope that everyone takes an opportunity to listen to this fireside along with our prior talks that we've discussed. They shared such great insights that I really enjoyed. So just other incidents spoke of hope in another way that I really enjoyed. He quoted Ballard in speaking about how hope in Christ isn't wishful thinking, but it's an expectation. And I think that's a beautiful reminder because we need to be hoping for love, for growth, and for the future. We just need to be working on ways to find out how we can attain said though said things and i liked how 
they talked about being intentional in our faith and coming closer to the Savior and finding love and confidence in our lives in different sorts of ways. And the singles who spoke in this were amazing. They addressed the struggles that they've been through and in different areas of their life and how far they've been able to come through everything. They have so much to look forward to in their lives. And I really appreciated their wisdom and their optimism for the future. Because like I've said a hundred times before, we haven't heard enough from the single adults and we need to be giving them these platforms to speak up, to share their stories and to continue to share more of what they've learned and everything. Like there's just so much that still needs to be shared. You know, like I said, I listened to this while I was on a walk one morning, and there were two stories that were shared that had me full-on ugly crying, full-on ugly crying while I was walking through my neighborhood because they were just so relatable and touching and powerful, and so I'm going to try to explain these two stories without completely losing it. So the first one is from Juliette Tuino. During the pandemic, Juliette lost her husband to COVID-19 leaving her a widow and a single mom to her three young sons. Elder Anderson asked her how her faith has helped her get through this very difficult time and overcome this mountain in her life. And she explained that there were moments where she didn't want to do anything. She just wanted to hide and pretend that things weren't happening. But then she would remember her covenants that she's made and she would feel peace sufficient to get her to face the hard things in her life. One thing she said that just completely gutted me and also made me realize the truth of it was, quote, so often because we're too scared to go through the hard things, we miss out on the healing that comes after going through those hard things. Sometimes we're too much in our grief and pain that we're not willing to give that grief to the Savior who has overcome it all, but we have to be willing to step back and tell him that we can't do it alone. When we finally do give it to him, then we can see the Lord's hand in our lives and see the miracles he's making for us daily, end quote. I just love that so much. And this woman is an icon, an absolute icon for not only did she get through her husband losing a battle to COVID-19 and having to still continue to pick herself up and keep moving and take care of three young sons. She is just incredible. Like it really made me think about when I lost my dad, I really felt like I couldn't do anything for a really long time. I felt like the most I could do was get up and shower and get dressed for the day. And I remember I went to school right after, just a couple weeks after the funeral. And it was the hardest semester of my life was getting up, getting dressed, going to class, doing all of the things that I had to do for school and for theater. It was so difficult. But what got me through it was exactly what Juliet said, giving your grief to the Savior who has overcome it all and stepping back and telling him that we can't do it alone is what made me get through it. It's what helped me get through it. And so I just love what she shared. Um, And then Elder Anderson echoed this by quoting President Nelson saying, quote, it will take work. 
It's not just what we believe, but we have to act on our faith and do something that requires faith in order to have more faith. Sometimes we're in the middle of a miracle and we can't recognize it because our fears and doubts are overpowering our spiritual eyes to see the miracle, end quote. I love thinking about it in terms of us being in the middle of a miracle, and I know that when we are on the other side of the miracle, we often can see you know, how the miracle was happening all along. But I love that he shared that, you know, when we act in faith and when we focus on our faith, that we will be able to see the miracle as it's happening. So the other story was Robert MacArthur. Um, Robert is an accomplished architect, interior designer, and professional, but he battles with deep feelings of loneliness as someone who has never married. Elder Anderson asked him how intentionally increasing his faith helped him battle his feelings of loneliness and isolation and move that mountain in his life. Robert expressed how he has wonderful friends that support him and love him, but that even with those wonderful friends, he still has moments where he feels 100% alone. And in those moments that he has learned to get on his knees and pray to ask Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ to be near him in those moments. So Robert said, quote, When I get down on my knees and pray, it's instant. I feel an instant, yes, I will, from the Savior. There is no hesitation. It is immediate and he is there, end quote. He also explained that he's learned that we need to be more intentional with our communication with our friends and loved ones that we count on by sharing those experiences of loneliness, because that helps to build the idea of faith, support, friendship, and perspective so that you can put all of it into alignment with what you've been taught about faith in the gospel and have a strengthened faith, have strengthened friendships, and strengthened love of God. So that one really hit me hard as well, because I know from my own experiences that the moments where I have really opened up to my friends and my loved ones about my feelings of loneliness or my feelings of inadequacy or feeling like I am not good enough for something or feeling like a failure because I still can't find an adult job with healthcare and benefits like a normal person. Um, in those moments when I share those experiences, I really am deepening the bond of my friendship and deepening those relationships because I am showing them that I trust them enough to let this vulnerable side of me out and to show that I do have emotions, even though I like to pretend I don't, and show them that I trust them to take care of those things. And every time I do, I instantly feel so grateful for getting that off my chest. And I am reminded that I have wonderful people in my life who truly love me and care about me and want me to be happy. One thing that I found with thought was very interesting was how Sister Eubank speaks with Sister Natasha Redhair to address how much service is constantly being given and provided. We're very big advocates of service within the church and constantly looking for opportunities, whether we're asking for help or looking for ways to give more help. And we are taught that there is always more and more service that we can give to give to others. Sister Natasha Redhair spoke about how she's already doing so much service and taking care of her family and often wants to do more. She just doesn't have the time. And I think that's really important for us to realize in our own lives and with others as well that we 
should always be looking for opportunities to serve, but we do need to consider when we have reached our limit for, for any reason. If you're looking for a way to help the single adults in your ward, know that there are so many ways that we can be served as well, because sometimes we do need help. I think as we continue to serve more and to receive service as single adults with with married couples and families, that's how we're going to start seeing more of that equality um, and more clear understanding of our different situations and our different lives within our wards and our stakes. One of the last things I'd like to bring up is how Elder Anderson spoke to Cammie. Um, I just forgot her last name. I apologize. But Cammie, about how Mary was seeing Jesus Christ again and how how much it means that our heavenly parents know us. And I love how Cammie highlighted that we continue to develop our faith and that it will be in different ways compared to the people around us. Our faith is going to be unique to who we are, and we're going to interpret that and live it in different ways. I feel sometimes we want to have that close-knit feeling in the church, so we say things that sound right because everyone else is saying it, even if it's not quite the truth. We just we just want to like feel that close connection. That's okay, but it's also okay to be honest with yourself and with those around you. Like We all have these proposed ideas on the best way to do scripture study, um, when to do it, how to do it, how long to do it for. And sometimes it's easy to just go like, oh yeah, sure, I totally do that too. Uh, yeah, right. Um, but if you do it a different way, then that's okay. You're doing what works for you. And that's the important thing. That's relevant, not just in our scripture study, but in our faith and in our lives as single adults. We're all going to be different, living very different lives. Sometimes marriage is going to work for people and sometimes it's just not going to. Not only is it impossible for everyone to be married within the church um, to each other, but we need to be considering how being single is going to be better for some of us than marriage is. That's not a bad thing. You figuring out what works best for you and living that truth. And that is amazing. There are so many more stories like this in this single adult fireside or single adult face-to-face event. But overall, the message was this, that, quote, you may not move the mountain, but he will absolutely help you to scale it or maneuver around it. He won't allow the mountain to block your path, end quote. I highly recommend going back and giving that a watch and a listen because it was so powerful. This broadcast was so powerful and it really reminded me of my own personal need to increase my faith, to make things happen in my life and how I am not alone in my feelings about everything as a single adult. There are mountains in all of our lives that we need extra faith to be able to move and seeing the example of those nine single adults making those mountains move in their lives, or at least scaling them down so they could maneuver around them was such a powerful message. And I really think everyone should listen to that. Okay, actually, one more thing, one more thing. I sorry that I'm done. Uh, but Sister Bingham brought up one of President Nelson's questions in one of his last talks um, when, he, when she was speaking. And she asked, what would you do if you had more faith? Right now, I do not have an answer, but I'm going to work on it. And I highly encourage all of you to do the same thing. As you finish this episode, you can read these same talks, listen to the fireside, you can do your own scripture study, you can go take a walk and think about what you've learned today. Either way, no matter what works for you, I invite you to consider the faith that you have today, how you're utilizing it, and what you would do if you had more faith. 
to consider the doors that would open up to you, to the challenges that you might face and the blessings that you might receive. We may not be able to speak for every single adult person of the church. (laughs) We may not be able to, you know, say that this is the true single adult experience and feeling. However, we can say single adults are here. We are important. We matter. Our testimonies are important and the things that we have experienced and have made us the people that we are today matter. I know that sometimes we feel like we are inferior because we're not married or we feel less important and we feel like we are failures because we're not married, but that is so far from the truth. The Lord has so much for us to do. And he trusts us to do so much because, I mean, let's face it, he knows that we can handle being single and living the gospel without support. And he knows that we will continue to do that because we love him. More than anything, I just want to remind all singles of any age and of any demographic, whether you were once married, divorced, widowed, what have you, or never married, I want you to know that I care about you. I care about your journey, and I hope for the absolute best for you in your journey. It took me a long time to get to this point where I feel confident and comfortable with the fact that I am single and that I am probably going to be single for the rest of my life, and I am more than okay with that. I know it sounds very unusual to say that, but I really do feel comfortable with that. I just want to testify to you guys that you can get to that point. You can find your individual worth. You can find your value as a single person. You can find your divine nature as a single person. And you can find your calling as a single person. For me, I feel like my calling as a single person is to be there for other single people and to let them know that they're not alone. And to talk about the hard things that nobody wants to talk about, doing this podcast is one of them. I promise you that even though it's hard and even though you may not want to do it, the Lord is with you. Like it says in Doctrine and Covenants 84, He is before your face, He's on your right hand and on your left, and His angels are around you to buoy you up. I thought it was absolutely awesome to be able to go over these talks again and to consider all of the opportunities and the capabilities that are available to single adults and how much more we can look forward to and affect in the future. Overall, in conclusion, I really hope that everyone really enjoyed these conversations. It was a lot of fun. Um, We absolutely loved it. And in case you didn't know from earlier episodes, we're doing a listener emails episode next week. So that's going to be awesome. And if you want to be able to share anything on that, please do join us. We are looking for anything about dating, about advice of any sort. We'd love to hear your crazy stories. You can ask any of your questions to us. You can, we have a form that we've shared on our social media platforms. And if that doesn't work for you, if you don't want to fill that out, you can always just DM us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook or anything. We would love to hear from you guys. So you should do that right now. So with that being said, thank you guys for joining us this week. We are so happy that you tuned in to listen to our weird version of a quilt episode and that you stuck around this long. We will see you all next week. Bye. All right. Bye.